0: Welcome to The Power of a Graceful Leader with Alexis Thompson. Join us as we explore ways to access your deep inner wisdom, learn what it looks and feels like so that you can find your own path to integration, flow, and alignment, awakening the graceful leader within you. And now, here's your host, Alexis Thompson. Hi, welcome. I'm excited to are here with us. I'd like to introduce you to Richard Rudd. He's an international teacher, mystic, and poet. He attended Edinburgh University, where he gained his master's degree in literature and metaphysics. As a born explorer, he studied with great teachers in the East, traveled through the Himalayas, the Pacific, the Americas, and the Arctic. He worked in the film industry in Australia, trained as a teacher of Qigong and meditation in Thailand and sailed across the Atlantic Ocean on a small yacht. Throughout his adventures, Richard has explored his love of writing, and in 2006, he won the International Poetry Award in Ireland. Richard's mystical journey began early in life as he experienced strange energies rushing throughout his body. This catalyzed his spiritual search and all of his studies became synthesized in 2002, where he began to write and receive the Gene Keys, a vast synthesis exploring the miraculous possibilities inherent in human DNA. It took seven years to write the book and understand its teachings and applications. Today, Richard continues to extend and embody the wisdom he receives, sharing it with an ever-growing audience around the world, myself included. His work has been translated into many languages, and in 2019, Richard was named on the Watkins List of the 100 Most Spiritually Influential Living People. I am excited to introduce you into a wonderful conversation around Get Grace, which happens to be Gene Key 22, inside the Gene Keys work. So I'm excited to say I'm here with Richard Rudd, and this is a moment for me, Lexi, that's um, I'm sitting here and I haven't shared with him a brief story because I wanted to kind of get his reaction as to why I'm even here. So Richard, I had Voice America reach out to me several times over the years to do a radio station, but I'm not much committed to being at any one place at the same time for a period of time. So um, Dee, the producer of this show, reached out and said, hey, we have this podcast thing and you can do it whenever you want and publish it whenever you want. What do you think? And I said, I don't know. I'll think about it. And she's like, great. So I sat here in contemplation and I said, well, I'm not really sure if this is a distraction, which is one of the shadows of one of my teens. <laughs> and I said, I'm just going to reach out to Richard and send him a note. And if he says yes, then it's go. And if he doesn't respond or says no, then this just won't happen. And within 24 hours, you said, Sure. <laughs> And that's why we're here. So I'm kind of excited about that. And then everything else. I can't remember
1: even how you, how, did I get an email from you? What was it? You did.
0: You did get an email from me. So it must have just been in your consciousness to go, okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I try and be as accommodating as I can within kind of realistic parameters.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it, because oh, it's you. really why we're here. And it's kind of, I think it's a good segue into in Seven Sacred Seals when you talk about serendipity being an indicator of grace. And so that was kind of what I was going for and seeing if this was meant to happen. So I'm going to take it as a sign. And that you picked the 22nd day of October was kind of interesting. Um, and that you're the first one that scheduled your interview out of all 12 people I've, I'm going to be interviewing. So
1: um,
0: it was just a kind of a serendipitous moment for over here in Vermont for me. So thank you for being here with me. Okay. So the book I wrote and the topic of this podcast is the power of a graceful leader. And when I went and was actually looking for publicists, a couple of them said, sure, we love the content, but we need to change the title. And I said, yeah, nope, that's a problem because grace is actually what I'm here to do in the world you know and um, I've worked hard to get here and I'm this is what I need to talk about and put my voice to and so so it came forward that this is the title of the book and for some people it's confusing for other people's it makes complete sense Um, and so what in that context I'm wondering what does the role of grace play in your life
1: well, first of all, I, I say I like the title, so I don't know why they had a problem with it. I think it's Thank quite catchy you. and and quite original. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah. So for me, I don't know. Grace is one of those words that covers a lot of territory, um, and it's one of those words in my work, Gene Keys. It's one of those words that that represents what I call a city. You know, an energy. Uh, you know, a, a consciousness that's beyond our Kind of logical understanding, Um, and yet a consciousness that we are a part of, and that connects us all to each other and connects everything to everything. Um, And so, there's, I guess, there's lots of ways. How does, what does grace, how does it work in my life? Well, I think every time I remember how fortunate I am in the many ways that I'm fortunate, I I come into a realisation of grace. And, you know, so it's, it's more about a state of being. Um, and every time I remember just my breathing, every time I come into self-remembering and every time I, you know, spend time with nature or with my family or um, you know, and I and I and I remember how fortunate I am, particularly when I consider death. You know, and I realize how little time we have here in this plane, and that's when I also come into contact with that field of grace. And of course, there's other ways in which grace comes. It comes um, through. You know, more commonly for me and others, I think it comes through our suffering. And yet it's harder to see there um, because it's not something we always can so easily get at. You know, we have to earn that kind of grace. Um, And that's, you know, so I think there are two types of grace, perhaps in that sense. There's one that's given and there's one that's earned. And the one that's given, even that you have to sort of earn just by remembering that you have it and that it's always here. And um, it will go on giving to you, and the other one that's earned, which perhaps is, you know, even the most, you know, potent form of grace, is um, through our suffering and through deep acceptance of our suffering, whatever form that takes. You know, if it's internal, if it's external, both. You know, it's all they're all interconnected, and so it's really that deep acceptance of my own mortality and my sadness and my anxiety and my fear and my um, all those things that, you know, unease, those things that come up from time to time and bigger kind of boulders that life sometimes throws in the way of your path. Also those, you know, how to confront those, how to get around those, how to absorb those also, those boulders. Um, grace is often on the other side of one of those boulders. Um, and so it's always good. I always try and remember that, you know, and 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 more recently I've been talking about um, a law called the law of unseen grace, um, which refers to this very phenomenon of our like you alluded to, um, how easily we're distracted, um, or we distract ourselves, or we allow ourselves to be distracted from the kind of the things that are right in front of us in our life. You know, the things that um, are causing us worry or anxiety or hurt or difficulty or fear or anger or you know whatever resentment things like that. And that those things are actually where the grace is hiding. Um, but you already know that from working with my material. So anyway, yeah. that, I think that's a opening shot.
0: No, it was great because I like the two pieces of it, the one that we can observe by through remembering and then the one that's earned, which I feel like is the T-shirts that I've been earning through life just, um, just due to how I'm wired and the suffering that I've gotten mm-hmm. to experience and the gift inside of the suffering when you can get through around the boulder, over the boulder, Unfortunately, sometimes the boulder runs over you and you just happen to survive the other side. So, that's true. Um, so I understand that completely. So in the Power of a Graceful Leader, one of the things um, when you mentioned GQ22 that really resonates with me is that, well, it's, well, it has a high, high vibration. It needs to be practical in some way or another. And I would say that based on who I am in the world, that's really my whole destiny is to take things that are, swirling in the ether and theologies, and bring them down to be digestible for most human beings that aren't maybe in this path at this point, and they're maybe they don't even know it exists. And so that's what the attempt of the power of a graceful leader is, to bring those things down to some palatable, tangible, actionable if required, or stillness if required way. And so through that, I developed or identified, didn't develop anything, identified or called out six tenets to that. And so the first one is um, integrating mind, body, and soul. We've heard that coined in so many ways. Um, I think I first heard about it through a yoga practice that I attempted and didn't do extremely well with. Um, So I'm wondering, when you hear integrating mind, body, and soul, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, I think the key word is integrating, and Mm -hmm. I think it's a really great. Um, term for our current age, <clears throat> because that we're called to integrate so many things. Um, you know, we have all this flood of spiritual teachings that has come into the world since the, you know, the, the internet revolution really, and it was coming before that started in the seventies really, and and it's always been there but it's never been as available as it ha- as it is now and so so it's really allowed human beings to kind of open up to multiple paths and perhaps even paths that they've traveled we've traveled before mm-hmm. um, but we have to integrate all these different pieces of a of a spiritual jigsaw that's one thing even just integrating all of that but then we have to also integrate all of that spiritual Path and that spiritual, those spiritual disciplines, teachings, whichever ones we happen to be drawn to, or one mm-hmm. that we are drawn to, which lineage, which teacher, which if, or or not teacher. Um. Then how do we integrate all of that into our everyday lives and into our bodies? You know, and, and I think that's like a, a, a real a real edge. You know, integrating it into our bodies. There are many things out there, um, like. You know, you you know, yoga, for example, and there are other you know wonderful techniques from lots of cultures that help us to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's helpful. Um, what there isn't so much of is techniques and examples of how to integrate higher teachings, or spiritual teachings, or or, or timeless truths into our everyday lives, into ordinary lives. You know, into you know, so that because most of the teachers who we are learning from or have learned from or have heard about or read and uh, were were not people that lived ordinary lives they were ascetics they were yeah. monks hermits masters you know and they led a they led a different kind of life that enabled them to kind of perhaps attain those states of consciousness or realization and and so how do we you know that there, there you know i think that's the modern conundrum um what? challenge edge to bring it into like, our waking consciousness of a, of an ordinary life and um so that's what i've been kind of challenged with my whole life um you know because i i sort of awakened fairly early to to the part of me that uh, that remembered that there was more than just this and then I looked around me and I was like, <laughs> but no, there aren't many others that seem to think in the same way or see things in the same way. And and, and life was just kind of going on with this, you know, busy, modern life. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was thinking, wow, how am I? I didn't think about it. You know, how am I going to integrate this? But that's what my life has been about. Yeah. Having a family, being a father, a husband, having a mortgage, you know, all the trappings of a, you know, privileged Developed country life, um, and how to integrate uh, some of this wisdom into the, into a life like that. Um, so for me, that's what it means. Um, how it's done is kind of another question.
0: Sure. Yeah. 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 I think there's a, as many paths as there are souls, right, or yeah. combinations thereof. So thank you for sharing yours. Um, yeah. Tenet two talks about evolution or evolving, and it talks about the alignment of soul. To self, so soul being the observer, self being three D me, right? Who I present as? Um, are you clear about your purpose this time around, the sun?
1: Well, I have a, a you know a bit of a joke in response to that, which is, um, someone asked me that um, a while ago on on a on a rare plant medicine journey that I was on, which I don't do very often, but I had this, these friends that invited me and um so we we taken some psilocybin together and um and then she was she is a past life regressionist mm-hmm. so she said shall i regress you and i said yeah, for sure yeah why not and um and so we were in this <laughs> extraordinary circumstance where she was regressing me although it kind of seemed in that on that medicine that it wasn't really necessary cuz um you know it wasn't even it was right there in front of us mm-hmm. um and anyway so at some point because i had my eyes closed she asked me um you know what because i i contacted my i guess my uh, my source my the source <laughs> of my soul my soul um the conception of my soul that was an extraordinary thing yeah to actually be present at the conception of my soul right and so that's that's where I was, and then as the conception kind of formed, crystallised, um, she asked that question: "Do you have a purpose here?" And I I just started to laugh, and you know, and all I heard was laughter you know, uh-huh. all around me. I just heard this echoing laughter, and I laughed, and then she laughed, and then um, it, we were just all laughing, like three of us there laughing together. Um, because there was no answer to that question. <laughs> because <laughs> the, the laughter was the best answer possible. Yes, um, And, you know, I don't know. That's how I would answer that question mm-hmm. of does. Yeah. And, and I can kind of drill down into it and go, well, what about my purpose in this life? And um, and yet in my teachings, I talk about purpose as a mm-hmm. state of being rather than anything that we're here to do. Um, and so I feel that's the same for everyone, actually. It's a state of being and it's coming into that state of being. It's, it's all of our purpose. And then out of that purpose arises um, stuff to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's kind of secondary. Yeah. And it's the purpose itself that's, that is does, the purpose.
0: <laughs> does that speak to, to when you've set, you've talked about the purpose being just simply living well?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. it. Just to be here, just to live well. That's a lovely. Um, I don't know who said that, but <laughs> you did. <it's> well, <laughs> at least you did. There may be someone that to live it well. What does that mean? I think it does mean to live. You know, it, it, it means to live well. Yeah, you know. I contemplate person.
0: that a lot, sitting in the woods, mm. um, watching a bird living well, or some other yeah. animal living well, or a plant or a mushroom, and. I'm like well am I living am I doing my living well, or is it a doing, mm. or is it a being so it's a huge um flowing evolution for me to be in that contemplation,
1: yeah, and someone yeah. asked me uh, recently, what's your definition of genius, and I said it's uh, for me, it's the art of doing nothing outside your own nature mm-hmm. um so which is a similar thing to the art of doing well, you know mm-hmm. it's to live well to live what well, you know yeah. Simple. Yeah. Simple that way.
0: Okay. The third tenant that I've identified is transparency with self and others. And so when did you first become aware of the roles that you play in this life or any others that you'd like to share?
1: Of the roles? Mm-hmm. Well, I think transparency is a great word I am gonna answer I'm gonna answer by going into that word. Okay. Um, and um because it's about relationships, mm-hmm. and so I guess that's what your this tenet is alluding to. you know part of our spiritual training um involves a lot of relationship stuff and relating and um and falling in love and being betrayed and um all kinds of levels of karma oh. <clears throat> and that's where we slowly if we're paying attention learn the art of transparency you know through those many roles that we get to play in all our relationships so you know for me starting as a son and then progressing to a you know eventually a father myself and then um you know a husband um a lover you know, all the a friend to many, a teacher, all these different roles, um, and then sub roles like you know, a failed teacher at times, sure, and uh, you know, also I guess like a successful teacher uh-huh. at other times, yeah, and you know, there are all these variations of the of of how life where it places us, you know, in all these different contexts contexts. yeah, And um, it's so rich, really. Mm -hmm. And yet that transparency, it's actually about coming into a deep space of self-honesty so that you can see yourself clearly and you can see yourself in the roles, um, which is an ancient, you know, I guess, Vipassana um, Mm -hmm. technique from Buddhism, you know, to be able to have enough space or Zen or something like that, where you create enough space so that you can actually witness your own role in and it's changing patinas at at every level of your life um, and not get caught in the roles or if you do get caught in the role to then witness yourself being caught in the role Mm -hmm. and that's part of that transparency transparency is almost the backdrop it's not um, it's not something you achieve or attain Mm -hmm. it's actually the backdrop it's the mirror of reality and so it's about Seeing ourselves in that mirror, which means we ha- we need from time to time to drop into a certain amount of self awareness mm. and stillness and mm-hmm. presence. Otherwise, we don't get to see that, you yeah. know. And it's so magical, isn't it? You know, to see that from time to time, and and also very uncomfortable at times. Yeah, because you, know, you can catch your ego in a game and then go, oh, I really. Yeah. Or- and someone calls you on it or something, and you go, oh, yeah, uh, you got me there. <laughs> yeah. And so there's, yeah, it's a constant process of refinement. I think. I think I agree.
0: Yeah. Can you think of a time where you caught yourself hiding, in you know, and brought yourself out to be pr- transparent with self or others?
1: Sure. Yeah, um, it, ha- it happens quite often. It happened quite recently, actually. A small example of that. Um, trying to just remember exactly what it was. Um, It was about, yeah, it was about being a teacher. And Uh I was talking on a social media app called Clubhouse, Uh um, which is great because wise people can show up and just say whatever they want and and share. And we just get to listen to each other in a spontaneous moment that isn't Uh recorded and is vulnerable in that way yes and so you see a lot of wisdom in action Uh and you put yourself out there as a teacher right yeah Um, and anyway so i was um i was talking about um i was talking about these things i was talking about roles and i was talking about um humanness you know Uh how certain spiritual teachers have a humanness and you you know we shouldn't you put each other on put people on pedestals you know Uh and and I was so like, please don't put me on a pedestal because always oh, I know I'm just going to have to fall off the pedestal. Exactly. And you can save yourself the bother and me. <laughs> and, um, but I also know it's natural. And anyway, so uh, you, what this woman kind of pointed out is she's, she's, she wasn't even pointing towards me, actually. She was talking generally. She said, um, sometimes that teachers can also hide behind, um, being human. You know, this is my human side. And she said, if you're in the position, I'm paraphrasing now, if yep. you're in the position of a teacher, maybe you need to to have a little bit more of an edge around that than anyone else because of mm. the responsibility you have. So maybe you need to not hide behind that um, because that can also be something. And I kind of, as she said that, I sort of saw it in myself and I thought, oh, that's a really, you know, really useful thing. So I just said to her that I, you know, I really want to thank you for that because I see that in myself. Yes, I don't know if yes. you don't think she intended it that way, but I really took it as like, you know, there's a part of me that can kind of, you know, be a bit lazy mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and then hide behind that laziness is, oh, it's just part of my humanity. You know, yeah. it's just like, and and actually it was a great challenge of like, no, step up a little bit. You yeah. know, step yeah. up a little have a little bit more warrior and kind of refi- you know, polish your blade a bit more. And and I kind of appreciated that. So that was an example, I think, recently of you know, very recently of something I found really useful where someone yeah. showed me something that I hadn't seen.
0: Yeah, and when you said it, I definitely
1: felt it. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. like, oh yeah, I see myself there and then and then I was thinking about Jinky twenty-two, which is Grace, the, your Grace Jinky, and you talk about the accountability piece and keeping your ledgers clean, and I, I think that's part of moving into your warriorness is is the cleanliness of and the alignment and the integration work, and every time you do it, you find another place to do it again. Um, but that was definitely a beautiful gift that she offered and that you received, whether it was intended specifically for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you for that for that sharing. So the next one in the list is connecting to self and universe. And so here is a big, we people that play in the space that you're definitely a leader in and that I would say I'm swimming within, that we use this word collective a lot, whether we say human collective, this collective, that collective. Can you help us understand what you mean when you use the word collective?
1: Well, was it um, self and universe connected? Correct. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, um, it can be a, you know, a throwaway line. Um, and yet it, you know, collective is really sort of referring to the communion of all beings, you know, Mm -hmm. if I use that word, it's, it's the interconnectedness, the quantum field that I mentioned earlier. And so you know the collective human being for example or collective consciousness is something that pervades all nature all yeah. reality and yet it's not always something that we you know very not that many beings are kind of conscious of it um they may, we may be conscious of it in like a bird or an animal or a or a amphibian or something is is conscious of it in their presence, perhaps, but not in terms of they you know they don't have that self awareness uh-huh. that humans have because we have a different brain you know we have a neocortex that allows us to kind of self reflect in that way as far as we know they don't anyway uh-huh. um, they may have a different kind of a, a pure awareness in some um, some respect um, but I think that collectiveness is is just inherent in everything, the collectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it is, a, it is a bit of a throwaway line, like, yes, we're all one. And mm-hmm. actually, um, it also brings us to, like, well, okay, what about me as an individual? Mm-hmm. How, how does the individual fit with the collective? How can we be both? And I um, really, you know, I learned something powerful about this um, for a friend of mine, Chris Bache, who's this amazing man who's written all these books and um, particularly explored these realms, perhaps, he, perhaps more than I have. And he talks about um, the soul as this kind of atom within the sea of creation. Um, and yet the soul itself and it's both a drop in the ocean, but you know, they both exist both the ocean is the drop and the drop is the ocean mm-hmm. And yet he talks about the soul as Open on all sides. So it's a focus. It's a piece of focused consciousness if you like or a fragment mm. And yet it's open on all sides So it it doesn't end but it's also a focal point. It's laser in fact yeah. so in that way, there's this incredible paradox. And I loved how he put that, it's open on all sides, mm-hmm. um, because it's, it was like um, there you have like the, the paradox of the ocean and the drop, the individual and the collective, and both can exist and both must exist. And there are obviously, uh, you know, infinite drops and then there yeah. are drops that when you look at five drops together, they're a drop. And then you look at 50 drops together, and they're a drop. And it, and the scales just go on mm-hmm. in terms of the consciousness. So when collective consciousness starts to be aware of itself, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing groupings of drops that were individual, you know, forming together and forming another individual, but at a bigger scale, still open on all sides. That's beautiful. But with more... You know, more neurons connected in the yeah. whole. So, more information, more awareness. And, and gradually, in this metaphor, that's perhaps what we're looking at in the universe. Yeah. Like, it's constantly just more and more drops are coming together and then seeing more and then seeing more until. One day, perhaps all of them, if that's even possible, because, it, you know, maybe in this universe, that'll be possible. But then the, then this universe becomes another drop, you know. Yes. And in another massive, it's infinite in that mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. But I think there are kind of um, thresholds. There are always thresholds, yes. you know. So the individual itself is a threshold. And then when when two come together and, you know, bond and really connect and become transparent you've passed a threshold and and then you have you you have two that become three in a way yes and so that's the kind of dual enlightenment that i speak of in my book sometimes
0: yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. But um, would you recommend any one of his books particular to get started with if someone wanted to explore? Yeah,
1: them? I don't know. If, have you read his, any of his books? I have, have not. Read? Yeah, no, um, definitely. LSD and the Mind of the Universe. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, is, is an amazing, amazing book. Um, and uh, really, it's, you know, it's not about drugs or right. plant medicine or anything, but it, it, that was how he accessed that brain um over many years, but he has a real um he has a, a he has a kind of kudos to him mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that this is not someone who's bullshitting you yeah this is someone this is really someone who's done his research he's he's a professor you know mm-hmm. um at university a university professor so um he's a- uh, you know i would love to have been in one of his students <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but he has an amazing Amazing man, amazing insights that that book contains. Yeah,
0: thank you for the recommendation. Okay, so in in this particular tenant I it's where I introduce or I don't bring the awareness of gratitude. And um, that's a pretty heavy practice and it's given me personally access to so many things that otherwise I don't know that I would have found my way there. Is there a um, a way that you engage with gratitude on the regular, or or not?
1: I think I um, I use prayer mm. as a means of gratitude. Actually, I've discovered prayer fully. Uh, I don't know when, maybe f- f- five seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, not even sure how it happened. I think I started writing prayers, and and then uh, you know because my I I've always been a poet but then yes. at a certain point my poetry started to kind of want to go to the next level and I realized the next level was prayer. Mm-hmm. Um and so I so I started experimenting with prayer and and in fact I've just published a book of my selected poetry and prayers in one cover so on Amazon. What's it called? Um it's called uh Spring of Dreams. Perfect. Uh, Thank you. But it's on Amazon. It's just come out. I haven't really even advertised it, but it is available. Okay. Um, and yeah, the, those prayers, you know, prayers, lovely. It's beautiful. And, 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 you know, we kind of think of it as something that's very Christianized. Actually, it's it, almost all indigenous cultures. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cultures all around the world have always spoken prayer. I mean, it's like as ancient as you could, as language itself, I'm sure probably the very first words spoken were, pr- were probably prayers <laughs> of some form, um, mm-hmm. because that is the natural tendency of language before it's kind of becomes practical as, as communication. You know, mm-hmm. It's like, what else are you going to use it for <laughs> other than <laughs> praising and being grateful for this? And yeah, so I found them to be amazing prayer and I and I have a I have prayers that I do in the morning my prayer of solace you know which mm-hmm. you've seen yeah um with the mudras that goes with it I do that every morning and um it just builds an energy field of gratitude around me and uh I I love it
0: yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's like air <clears throat> mm. in so many ways Okay, the next tenant is co-creating and innovation. So what role does diversity play in your life? That's
1: such a broad question.
0: Yeah, go wherever you want with it.
1: Um, what was it? Co-creation.
0: And innovation. And
1: mm-hmm. innovation. Yeah. Well, I guess I might answer that in a slightly... Different way, which mm-hmm. is um, in the gene keys that I've created. This set of teachings or wisdom, you know, I call it a synthesis, mm-hmm. and um, and the synthesis because it because it brings together many many things, of disciplines, a diversity of different views, ideas styles from scientific to poetic to you know indigenous to social you know all kinds of strands of thought and lineages mm-hmm. and but they're not just kind of cobbled together they're energetically woven together wow. in so that they create a kind of tapestry in fact they 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 almost show it's not like i've cleverly woven them i've i've they're already woven together and i just sort of Showing how they're woven together, <laughs> as best okay. I can, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and in a clumsy way, actually, I would say, um, but as but as best I can, but the and then out of that synthesis, um, grows and comes and a synarchy, and synarchy is yeah. the groupings of human beings, um, in certain geometries and karmic web kind of destiny that come together to find these tapestries together the the weave so when you're on a spiritual path you always meet other people on a spiritual path yes and and not just people on spiritual paths but you you they you tend to kind of work with them and show each other parts of the tapestry and help each other to understand deeper and deeper layers mm-hmm. and that's what i mean by synarchy synarchy is the is the kind of fractal grouping of awakening beings yes. that are drawn towards the synthesis like bees to the to a flower and yeah the the and and they are as diverse as mm-hmm. you can imagine yeah. and yeah. from all cultures with all lineages with all ideas and because at the core of the synthesis is freedom is the notion of freedom um then i encourage people to make the synthesis their own and to go on co-creating with each other you know on their own with me in some cases um just to carry on giving birth to more layers of the synthesis um so that it becomes more and more diverse it cannot come through one person or yeah. one teacher or one voice it has to exponentially flower in lots of different places through lots of voices. Mm -hmm. So in a way, that's, that's my wish with the Gene Keys is that, um, it flowers in so many diverse ways through so many diverse voices that the originator, the original voice just slides, slips into oblivion really, because all the others just, you know, there's no one voice more important, so I guess that's how I might
0: yeah answer. no i I like i that that answers quite dynamic there's a ten other questions that are coming up from that, but I'm going to try to stay on task a little bit here um, how do you discern when to follow and when to lead
1: me personally or one
0: you personally
1: I don't I think that they're the same. Okay. okay. Um you know, it takes a lot of following to lead. to, you know, like you've got to really to 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 be a leader in, in the way I understand it, you've got to be a listener. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to listen deeply and surrender. And so they they kind of go together, they live inside each other. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't see them apart. Okay. okay. And the same for followers. Um, you know, the, a follower is is you know the the time I felt most powerful <clears throat> is when I've surrendered to something else or someone else. I've I've yes. kind of given like sitting in a you know sitting in the class of someone you know powerful or you know, then I, I feel deeply empowered. Yeah. So I think they're the same.
0: Yeah. So I've had simplicity. some of those experiences. Okay. I love it. So the last tenet that I bring forward is, is titled Compassionately Powerful in All Things. So what does the idea of compassionately powerful bring up for you?
1: I think, you know, compassion is one of these cities as well. Mm-hmm. that i began begun talking about with Grace. And <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> I've done a lot of talking this week and I think I'm running out of steam. I understand. Thank um, you for hanging out with me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. And, um, you know, it comes out of our humanity, compassion, mm-hmm. really. It comes, at like we said at the beginning, it comes out of facing into our fear, you know, it comes fa- it comes out of facing into our humanness our vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where the power resides in your one's ability to be vulnerable. You know, one's ability to just be a human, not have to be a kind of divine being all the time. Yeah. Although obviously being human is being a divine being, but it's like we don't have to kind of give ourselves that pressure, you know. We've got enough pressures as it is, mm-hmm. and and so just being this, you know, me with a slight frog in my throat and <clears> throat> saying to you, "I'm tar- getting tired," is <laughs> like as powerful as I can ever be. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just to be vulnerable, but not kind of, you know not as an excuse, not as, you know, just not as a show, just vulnerable when you are vulnerable,
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: when you feel it and that and, and the, the ability to do that, the ability to say, I don't know. Yeah. You know, someone asked me a question. I just, I, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I don't, I, don't I, may, I might have to think about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I might kind of get somewhere if I contemplate it and let it sink into me, but I don't know often um yeah. i think that's also part of our compassion towards each other of you know being with each other and accepting that humanity never ever forget that we must never ever forget that and it requires gentleness you know compassion yes. is a word often associated with mm-hmm. gentleness i know it can also be like a sword and yet most commonly we think of it as a tender energy mm-hmm. You know, an empathic, feminine quality. And uh, that's how I see that power that you're talking about It's the power of the feminine. Mm -hmm. It's the power to listen. It's the power to receive another. It's the power to be naked with them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I like the word empathy, because it's about being naked with someone. Yeah. You know, and not literally. No, I
0: understand. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Yeah, when we first got on, I was like, "Okay, I just need to tell you I'm really nervous." And you're like, "It's oh, okay, yeah. we'll be okay." But I just—if yeah. I didn't say it, then I would have just been nervous. Now I'm not nervous, you know. Yeah. So that was just me going, "Okay, I'm naked over here. Yeah. We're gonna be all right."
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, I've had a—I've had a hell of a, a month, and I'm—I'm I'm kind of—I um, had a, an illness in the last couple of days, so I'm a little bit flagging. I'm not quite my um, ebullient self, but. Um, Wow. And so you should know that.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that and thanks for showing up in spite of it.
1: It's a pleasure. Um,
0: yeah. So let's just wrap up with a couple more questions. These are really specific to you and your work. Mm. Um, because I'm an avid student of Gene Key twenty two specifically, as well as my own, but this one outside of my own. Is there something that you would want the world to know about this gene key? Let's say they've never picked up your, your work. Um but is there a thing you'd like to make sure people are left with?
1: Well, I guess it's the three words that, you know, you have in the mm-hmm. sacred seals. But I, but I wouldn't run, I wouldn't shout it from the rooftops. And the three words are suffering is grace. And, mm-hmm. um, but only the person that's kind of ready to hear yes. that can hear that. Mm-hmm. But one day I think the world will know that and realize that when we look back, you know, because we'll have to look back. In a way, you have to look back um, and you realize, wow, that thing I've just come through yeah. has led me to this, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like when someone you love dies and yes. you let them go and then but then you fully let them go and the amount of gratitude and love and compassion and, and you know, all of that that comes up for having known them and perhaps even continuing to know them, but in another way, perhaps Mm -hmm. even in a more intimate way. All of that is like, wow, it was really, you know, it really was worth all that pain, you know, to get to this. (laughs) And so I think that that, you know, especially for the world that we're in today where we're moving towards, you know, um, perhaps more a more intense phase of our existence um, where things Suffering may kind of ramp up a little bit for all of uh-huh. us. Uh-huh. Um, <clears> the <throat> awareness of it as it comes out. I think those are the words that perhaps you know when we're ready. It would be it would be amazing if we could take those words and out of them string a journey because they're mm. not just a cute. You know, there that's a journey. Those three words. You know, yeah. I don't say them lightly. You know, because oh. you can't. You know, there's people in terrible situations and you wouldn't go up to them and go, it's all right, suffering is grace," because <laughs> they're in the midst of it. Yes. yes. Um, but one day, you know, in some form, they may see that as well. They will. As yeah. As we all will. As will I. You know. Yeah. I'll probably eat those words many occasions, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> until the boulder runs over you and you realize you're still here yeah. to witness it
1: all. I'll yeah, like, absolutely. There's nothing graceful about this moment, I can tell no, you. <laughs> no,
0: graceful Gracefulness is messy and gritty. I mean, mm. when you're in the depths of it, that's been my yeah. experience for sure. Yeah. So one last question. What do you see as being called into and through us as leaders in this time and place? I'll do it one more time for you. What do you see as being called into and through us as leaders in this time and place?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think it's sort of following on from what I was just saying. Um, okay. You know, a, a useful leader today <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is a leader that has that power of vulnerability, Yeah. is a leader that can say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, it's everything that we've discussed. It's a leader that can be transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a leader that can work with the collectivity in a creative, co-creative way, mm-hmm. um, and is just one of the one of the many of uh, mm-hmm. the diversity um, and the leader is you know has that heart of compassion and tenderness <clears throat> and is filled with gratitude. Mm-hmm. and prayers you know and yeah. um and words of support and if if that's possible yeah so i think it's all the things we've discussed in a way rolled into one um because if you have all those things and that awareness and that clarity yeah then you will feel stable inside yourself and i think that's the one of the hallmarks of a, of a true leader is to be able to be stable. <clears throat> you know, not to, you know, stable within the whirlwind. <clears throat> so as the whirlwind yeah. comes, um, you can give yourself to the whirlwind and stability doesn't mean stillness. You know, it doesn't mean kind of, it's stability is, is agility. It's flexibility. Mm-hmm. It's movement. It's being able to bend and shift and change yeah and I think that's also what's going to be needed more and more you know of our leaders uh true leaders yeah yeah useful leaders
0: useful leaders I love that I love it graceful useful leaders yeah Yeah. that was one of the reasons I picked the affinity symbol for the cover of the book was is it's it's the ability to move anywhere in position um Mm. following leading sitting still moving doing not doing um and in and inside your own intuition, knowing your own intuition, understanding it's yours, not everybody else's, but being mm-hmm. able to deploy it in a way that's of service and of power and of usefulness now mm-hmm. to the, to that. all of us, which I think is yeah. really good. I've really enjoyed my time with you and I appreciate that you came on, especially not feeling hundred um, percent. And if there's anything I can do for you in the future, I'll share all of your social media connects
1: Um, thank you and all
0: the things and i'm going to get your book of prayers and i'll put that in the notes as well
1: yeah thank you thank you thank you so much and um, it's a real pleasure meeting you and yeah anyone who's watching this uh, my prayers go to you as well
0: thank you for tuning in to the power of a graceful leader Please join your host, Alexis Thompson, for another enlightening edition of the program soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.